Welcome to the Larry Kreider's Leadership Podcast. Larry is the author of over 40 books, the founder of Dove International, a worldwide family of churches and ministries in six continents, and has over 50 years of leadership experience. He and his guests will share inspirational leadership insights from their journey with God. These insights, gleaned from serving leaders in many nations, will transform your life and leadership. For more information on Larry's books and resources, visit LarryKreider.com. Welcome to the Larry Carter Leadership Podcast, where we learn those small changes we can make in leadership to make a massive difference in the future, in our lives and the lives of those we serve. With me today in the studio, second time around, is my good friend, Lee DeMathos. Welcome <laughs> back, my friend. Thank you, Larry. It's so good to be here. Well, I have heard you many, many times share with people about how, to, how they can share their faith and the way you share your faith so freely, and it's helped so many people, because you have this gift of evangelist on. You've got many gifts, but that's one of the gifts that God's given you. And we want to talk about that, but of course, this is a leadership podcast. I believe Christian leaders need to know how to share their faith. And so whether you're in leadership in the marketplace, whether you have a business, whether it's in your community, whether it's in the church or small group, whatever, uh, we need to know how to do that. Talk about how you learned it, or is that just something that happened? Like, how was it that you learned to share your faith so clearly? Talk about that. Sure. Um, the the man that led me to the Lord was my wife's uncle, Uncle Dan. He was a yeah. truck driver from the Midwest, and he came to Massachusetts for 10 days. And while he was there, we were in discipleship boot camp. 10 days of 10 days. My first two, first two books of the Bible I read after being healed from dyslexia. First we read Daniel, then we read wow. Revelation. Let's just eat some meat, okay? <laughs> <laughs> we had to gum it because I didn't have any teeth yet. I'm sure you did. <laughs> I was a newborn. I needed some milk, but I got steak and we figured out how to swallow it. <laughs> But Uncle Dan was very evangelistic, and he would, you know, you become like who disciples you. That's true. And so he was very evangelistic, and the first thing he told us, he had to say the name of Jesus. Say it out loud, Jesus. Say No, say it. Not like you stubbed your toe and you're going to say his first name right, and his right, last name. Right. It's his first name and his title, Jesus the Messiah. You stub your toe and you shout that out. He says, nope, let's just say his name. It's such a beautiful name, yeah. and he had just this big northern northern Wisconsin Oneida Indian. He's got a head like a basketball and these piercing blue eyes and <laughs> big catcher's mitt hands, and he just would say, just say the name of Jesus. Wow. I lost Jesus. And he got us used to that, and then we would go out in the community, and he would share Christ with people, and it was just like so easy for him, and he was hilarious. There was nothing religious about this guy at all, so he really made it fun. Sure. So when I read the scripture about Jesus, said Jesus was explaining that if you are if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my Father, and I'm right. thinking I don't want to be denied before the Father. Sure. Uh, if I'm in, I'm in. I, right, I, right. God, I want to honor you and serve you. I had such a radical transformation in my salvation. It was really darkness to light. And, the, and my, you were like late 30s when this happened. You weren't years there before. Okay. How old again? 30? 38. 38 years of age. Yeah. You're in business, starting businesses, all kind of businesses. Yeah. Right? And far from God. I mean, you didn't have even a category for, I mean, you quote-unquote, went to church as a kid sometimes, right? Yeah, and uh, recreational drug user, right. uh, 
borderline, I would say functional alcoholic. Okay. Um, drug user, um, addicted to all kinds of other things I probably don't want to say on this right, podcast. Exactly. And so, yeah, my our salvation was so radically life-changing. And so when uh, I read that scripture about yeah. you need to tell people about Jesus, I thought to myself, the person that I know is the closest to going to the grave was right. my grandmother. And she was in her 80s okay. at the time. And um, so we drove two and a half hours to her house, had dinner with her, and led her to Christ. She was excommunicated from the Catholic Church because she got divorced in the 1930s. Okay. And hadn't been back to church mm. since. And we were able to lead her to the Lord, and she became born again in, in her 80s. I think she was 83, 85, something That's like amazing. that. And she received Christ, and it really gave me the confidence sure. to share Christ with people. And so I just began to do it. I'm in the business world. Right. I'm in the marketplace, and I'm leading people to the Lord left and right. And I get to this one guy that um, two girls came. I fixed their car, and, and I'm looking for something, some open door. I'm just looking for it. So a vandalism is when someone says, Oh man, I'm oh my toe is really hurting. Oh, Jesus had toes too, you know. Let me tell you about <laughs> Jesus. That's kind of a vandalism. Yeah. You want to find a way, how can I naturally bring Christ into this conversation that's not gonna be awkward? Right. Because right. I don't want to be that weird guy. Yep, talk about that. Tell I'm, us more. Sure. Uh, I'm not self-conscious as far as I don't care who likes me, who doesn't. Sure. But it matters to me how I represent God. Right. And I the Lord is so wonderful. I don't want anyone to think he's weird. And there is a lot of weirdness in Christendom. Oh, there is. <laughs> and it's a turnoff. When it is. I've been hear, embarrassed so many times. When they yeah. hear the name born again, there's so, there was such a stigma mm -hmm. in the in the late 90s, early 2000s about born again Christians. And right. I was almost embarrassed. And they say, so what are you? I was almost embarrassed to say I'm born again. I'm a believer, I'm a Christian, I'm a follower of Christ, uh, however you get it out there. So I didn't want evangelizing to be right. weird. Mm -hmm. So I really looked for ways to bring Christ into the conversation. And in my business, I would go in two hours before it opened every day and worship and pray mm. and ask the Lord to show me something about somebody's life mm. in accordance with their vehicle. Yeah. Whatever's broken in their car, would you give me an open door into their life? If you do it, I'm going to bring you into the conversation. I'll give you a quick example. This this, this late 80s Toyota Camry or early 90s Toyota Camry comes in and it's spitting and sputting. And it's one of the girls from the youth group that my wife and I are leading at our church. And she says, oh, my car is running horrible. It's this and it's that. And I said, sure, well, let me take a look at it. Let's just pray. Lord, I just ask you for wisdom for this car. She's a believer, so I'm okay sure. with praying. And the worship music's playing in this garage, you know. Right. And, and I open the hood and I start doing some testing. And I had already asked God to show me if there's something in the car, show me that what's going on in someone's life. Give me an open door. Really, it's a word of knowledge I'm asking right, for. Exactly. And so the number one cylinder was misfiring. So I took out the spark plug. I put in a fresh spark plug. It smoothed out. So I said, you know, I would just, I asked God to speak to me about 
potentially for your life. And I noticed the number one spark plug, it's the, in the firing order of the engine. Right. That's the first thing, the first thing to fire. And, and I just really feel like God's asking me about the first things in your life. She says, I didn't say another word. She says, I'm not breaking up with Adam. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> began a, it began a dialogue. How it ended? Listen, it ended up. It's a great story. They're married still today. Wow. They have two kids, but it wasn't very long after that she was pregnant, teenage mm-hmm. pregnancy. And so, anyway, I would ask God to speak to me about the person concerning what was going on in the car. So I practiced getting words of knowledge and getting prophetic words Beautiful. through auto repair and boat repair, and through that I led countless people to the Lord over the transom of their boat or underneath their Buick on the lift. Wow. Just, and it would naturally come up and their heart would be open because I wasn't trying to sell them something. Right. I wasn't trying to get them to, I wasn't trying to get another check mark, you know, on the bedpost that, hey, I led somebody else to the Lord, Yahoo. It was a sincere love that I had for people. And I think it really made a difference. Mm -hmm. I had seen people do it. They're trying to make like a, you know, on the fuselage of the Red Bear, and they shot down another one. They make another scratch, you know. It's another scratch in the fuselage. We Yeah, we nailed another one. They said the sinner's prayer. I realized early on that the people I'm getting to send this lead, say the sinner's prayer, I'm not getting to disciple. Right. And so I really began to build relationship mm-hmm. with people and that opened the door. And so sharing faith with people was really looking for an open door. Beautiful. In their lives and asking the Holy Spirit for it. And he is so faithful because it's God's heart. It is. Jesus said that my father would, my father would have it that everyone gets saved, that yes. everyone would have eternal life. You know, I love what you're saying. For many years, my wife, Laverne, led a house church of first-generation Christians, almost everyone. They were young. They were in their late teens, early 20s. They were first-generation Christians. One of our daughters worked at the same restaurant they worked at, and they came to our house. She said, Mommy, you need to meet my friends. And, and you know what they told <laughs> us, though? They said, when Christians come into our restaurant and they, said, and they witness to us, we often feel like we're a project. Yes. And see, and you're talking about the opposite of that. You're talking about loving people, and you feel like a project when somebody is simply saying, okay, I got another one, I got another one. It's not that, but it's loving people where they're at, and then step by step, helping them take steps to, to know the Father, the Jesus. You've done that so well. Thank you. It's really, it's really been a pleasure. And the fruit has been phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, sometimes the shoes have been bigger than my feet. Right. And the Lord just grows you into them. You yes. can't really be intimidated by that. Mm-hmm. If it feels really awkward for you, it's probably awkward for the person you're talking to. That's a good point. And so it's it might be okay just to back off. Get get back to your prayer tent. Yeah. Just pray pray some more. Ask God for an open door. I heard something really interesting at the Midwest Conference probably five years ago. This young man said, you know, it's not our job to lead them all right to Jesus, right to the throne room, to swing the sickle and harvest the fruit. He said, it's not. How about if we look at it as it's just your job to get somebody one step closer. That's good. One look closer. Yeah. One thought closer. 
because you might be the one who does the harvest, but right. you might be the one who's planting the very first seed. So good. So and good. so that takes the pressure off mm-hmm. of, I got to tell them about Jesus. I have to remember what the sinner's prayer is. Mm-hmm. And then I have to get their information and make sure that they get plugged into this yeah. or that. Stop. Whoa, wait a minute. Put on the brakes. Yeah. Let's just take all that pressure off. How about if you get them one step closer to Jesus? That's so good. And leave them hungry. Yeah, that's so good. I had a friend from California many years ago who taught me so much about leading people to Christ. And he used to say this. He said, when you go fishing, it's really important that you keep the fishing hole clean for the next person who comes fishing. Right. In other words, don't mess it up. You know, <laughs> Don't because the things you say or whatever, things inappropriate, whatever, are trying to force them into making a decision. Keep it clean. There'll be somebody else coming fishing. Someone will lead them to Christ, but keep the fishing hole clean. That's great advice. And don't go fishing with a frying pan, a spatula, and a salt and pepper shaker. <laughs> very true. <laughs> very true. I've heard you say many times also, if you, when you're going fishing, you got to go where the fish are. That's right. Talk about that. We were, it was uh, our first year in Worcester, living on the lake, which was at the time a really seedy neighborhood. We were warned ahead of time. We rented a place there. And on the same night as the Christmas party at the church, the Dove Church we were going to, they had a Christmas party on the same night the neighborhood had a Christmas party. And because there was an ice storm uh, a few weeks prior, we, I met everyone in the neighborhood by bringing a generator from door to door, just giving right, people electricity right. to sure. cook, make coffee and whatnot. We got invited to the neighborhood Christmas party, which I was forewarned that there would probably be drugs there. Sure. And, you know, party things that you would only see on a really roughly rated movie. Right. And so... We, I asked Teresa, I'm like, hey, we got invited to the neighborhood Christmas party. It's the same night as the party over at uh, our church. What do we do? She says, I don't know. We need to ask the Lord. So I prayed and I asked God. And God says, if you want to fish, you have to go to where the fish are. Yeah, that's good. And so we didn't go to the church Christmas party. We went to the neighborhood tr- Christmas party. And it ended up being, we didn't bring it up at all. We prayed ahead of time. Yeah. But while we were there, the neighbors just started asking, so where are you from? Where have you been? So we said, yeah, we've, been, we've traveled to Africa. There was someone there from Ireland, so we started talking about travel. Well, why would you travel to Africa? We were working with orphans. Why? Well, it's because we really have a heart. It's God's heart to take care of orphans. Really, what's God got to do with it? Before, we, before <laughs> you knew it, they asked our story. Wow. And so we shared our testimony with them, and a lady across the, ta- across the room just spouts out in the middle of it. She says, I tried to kill myself three times this year. Wow. Everybody snapped head and looked right out of there like, <laughs> what? And she just began to confess her issues. And so uh, she had someone at work that was giving her a real hard time, couldn't shake loose of it. I asked, I said, can I pray for you? She looked, she stared at me. She said, yes. So I stared back at her and I prayed out loud. I asked the guy's name. I used his name in the prayer. I said, Lord... I ask you to change this man's heart, that he would be nice to this woman. And if not, bless him. If his heart won't change, bless him and move him on. And I just trust you that this will be a blessing no matter how you answer this in Jesus' name. That's awesome. Within two weeks, they eliminated his job. They gave him a huge severance and sent him packing. Wow. Her and her husband became the first two believers. Really? From that Christmas party because we went to where the fish are. Oh, that's good. Those first two believers brought two drug addicts. Yeah. The second time we had a Bible study and they asked us, where do you go to church? Can we go to church with you? Can you teach us how to write, read the Bible? Wow. 
So they were hungry for it. The community was hungry for it. It was just an amazing thing. Yeah. That's amazing. Any other advice you have for leaders? And really anyone, even a lot, of, a lot of potential leaders listen to this podcast, but anyone uh, about how to, in the most simplistic, life-giving way possible, share your faith, tell your story, lead people to Christ. God will always put you with someone that you have something in common with. Mm. Get with another believer and practice telling your story. Good. And be able to tell your story without using Christianese, right. sanctified, blood-washed, glorified, <laughs> chicken-fried. Stop using Christianese when you're out of the church. Use regular language that people who do not go to church will understand. And be able to tell your story. Yeah. And be able to tell yeah. it in three minutes or less. Mm. And practice that. When God opens a door, you'll be able to share what God did for you mm. When you're with that person, they already have the need. Mm -hmm. You don't have to create the need. But when you share what God did in your life, it opens the door of hope for them. Mm -hmm. Your testimony brings hope. And when you share hope with them, they want what you have. They don't that's want your true. Christianism. Right. They don't want to be Christian. They want hope. Yeah. And that's what Jesus is, is hope. That's good. Wow. You know, Lee, uh, this is a leadership podcast, and I had you on this second time to talk about how we lead people to Christ. And and uh, But I would like you also to share with, with us just this. Anyone listening who's a young leader saying, okay, Lee, you've been doing leadership, leading people to Christ, involved in church leadership, community leadership, business, whatever, for many, many years, missionary, many, many years. What advice do you have for a younger leader? They're saying, my, whole, my future's ahead of me. What are the things you look back in your life that helped you the most? You say, I'd want to make sure I download this to you to help you become the leader God's called you to be. Make it fun. Make it fun. Make it fun. Yes, it, listen, sometimes, like it, sometimes it's work, but make it fun. We, I take people water skiing on my boat, and I teach them how to water ski. I live on a lake. And this is one way I make it fun. When they're on the end of the rope and I have to hit the gas to get them going, I say, this is the code word to hit the throttle, help me Jesus. <laughs> now at first they kind of roll their eyes, but after a couple of tries, they really begin to shout out, help me Jesus. They mean it yeah. because they really want to get up water skiing. These are first time learners. Sure. So every time after that, they say, help me Jesus. So how am I making it fun? Well, let me tell you, water skiing is a lot of fun, Sure. but you can connect that type of interaction with everything you do recreationally and bring Christ yes. in. That's awesome. Awesome. What are some key things you find leaders today are dealing with that and you'd like to give them any hope or encouragement? We see leaders in the body of Christ especially, but any type of leaders dealing with today. I mean, it's different today than it was 30 years ago. We all know that. Right. Uh, are there any advice you'd have for up-and-coming leaders today living in the generation we're living in now? Sure. Um, stay debt-free. Oh, that's good. Stay debt-free. That's if, really if, good. If your budget governs your ministry, it's backwards. That's good. Stay debt-free. If, if, if you have a chance to get this huge building, but you're going to have a huge debt with it, you better be hearing from the Lord because that yeah. thing will be your master. Yeah. Stay debt-free. Trust so God for the supernatural. The other mm. thing is expect that... The Holy Spirit that filled Jesus yeah. is the same Holy Spirit that filled you. Right. Same Holy Spirit. So all the gifts that Jesus walked in are available to you. 
all of them full time. Don't let just half of the gift of the Father be alive in you. Expect the full thing to take place. Beautiful, beautiful. Wow. And the last thing I want to ask you today is uh, of, of all that you've learned about leadership over the years. You've learned about walk, walking with Jesus over the years. Um, and you've been in leadership now for, I mean, you've been in Christian leadership how many years now? Close to 20. Close to 20 years, okay. Uh, if you were to do anything over again, say, man, I wish you would have changed that. Mm. What would it be? Margins. Talk about that. It's so... Look, the work for the kingdom is endless. Yeah. It's endless. It's like yeah. it's like laundry with a house full of kids. You're right. You you're finish right. doing the laundry and everybody's underwear is piled up at the end of the <laughs> night. You know, I mean, it's just, it's work for the kingdom is just, it's endless. So you have to remember to keep yourself healthy. Oh, this wonderful woman of God who I love and respect said you need a healthy balance of, of play, worship, rest, Work and play. Yeah, I know that lady. You know that lady. She, I love her. She's yeah, just amazing. So do I. It's my wife. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Lupert. But she is right in that you have to have a margin where you have nothing planned. Yeah. Nothing. That's so good. So if it's if you're going to rest in that margin, rest. Mm-hmm. If you're going to meet with the Lord, meet with the Lord. If the Holy Spirit wants to do something amazing, mm-hmm. you have a margin of time that you've allotted to do nothing, and that's of the Lord. Yeah, yeah, that is so good. Well, advice well taken. Thank you, Lee, so much for being with me today on the Larry Card Leadership Podcast. Again, for any of you who want to know more about Lee, you can get his information. Check that out on the show notes. It's all available for you. And thank you, thank you, thank you for being willing to be here, come in from Massachusetts and hang out with me and share the things God's given you in regards to leadership. Your last chance. Any any, any further words? This is your last chance. My pleasure. Thank you, Larry. Um, you know, I just have to say, you've really set the bar by saying yes to the Lord. Wow. And if I could, if I could advise up and coming leaders, when God asks something of you, say yes. Yeah. Look at the Dove family. Lives touched worldwide, mm-hmm. and 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 people in a healthy, wonderful, giving, connecting, mm-hmm. kingdom-minded family. Mm-hmm. If the Lord says something, you say yes. That's a, thanks a, for saying yes, Larry. You're very, very welcome. We're very humble, but believe me, but all we've seen the Lord do over these last forty some years has been really an amazing ride for us. So thank you all for joining us today for the Larry Carter Leadership Podcast, where we learn these small things we can change to make a massive difference in your lives and the lives of those whom you serve. So we're here week after week, many more amazing podcasts on leadership to come. God bless you. Have an amazing day in the Lord. Thank you for listening to Larry Kreider's Leadership Podcast. If you want more information about any of Larry's books, daily devotionals, small group resources, or any other teachings, go to LarryKreider.com.